Good morning for Wednesday, September 21st, 2016. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on today's front page. Bombing case shows gap in rival plans. A tax suspect carried writings endorsing jihad. And officials trace Russia to U.N. convoy attack. In today's national headlines, Trump's son's Skittles post adheres to a pattern. Californians face stark choices on the death penalty, and victim posed no threat to Tulsa police, his family says. In today's business headlines, Wells Fargo chief endures bipartisan wrath. Self-driving policy stresses safety and a wide berth. And jobs leave Mexico because of market, not politics. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and the opinions of New York Times guest columnist Hillary Clinton. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written from Washington. Bombing case shows gaps in rival plans. Reported by David Sanger and Eric Schmidt. There's nothing in Donald Trump's or Hillary Clinton's anti-terrorism plans that would have had much chance of stopping the bombings in New York and New Jersey that Ahmad Khan Rahami is accused of carrying out. The subject of how to stop terrorism will almost certainly be a major topic on Monday when the two presidential candidates face off in their first debate. But the truth is that cases like Rahami's fit neatly into no categories and his journey from childhood immigrant to naturalized citizen to accused terrorist shows that the debate underway on the campaign trail is too simplistic. It fails to address the hardest and most common cause of radicalization in the United States when personal demons morph into ideologically driven violence. Rahami came to the United States from Afghanistan as a seven-year-old and later became a citizen. Trump's insistence in recent days that he has no problem with ethnic profiling, might have led to tougher interrogations of Rahami when he traveled to Quetta, Pakistan, the center of Taliban power, and returned, or when he came back from there with a Pakistani wife. The strongest indication of his leanings came in 2014, when the local police and the FBI investigated Rahami's father's claim that his son was a terrorist, but finding no evidence did not act. Since Rahami is an American citizen, the only way he could have been locked up was with a detention system similar to the way Japanese Americans were placed in internment camps during World War II. That was a technique Trump told Time magazine in December that he might or might not have supported at the time. He added that as undesirable as it would be to revive such an arrangement, in an age of terror, war is tough. Clinton's approach would be to rely on counter-messaging to prevent radicalization and try to recognize early signs of extremism. But no one seems quite certain how Rahami was radicalized, on the internet, during trips to Pakistan, or perhaps by his new wife. And Clinton's approach is no guarantee. It tries to stem the tide rather than reverse it. Trump, in short, has described a policy of keeping potential terrorists out of the country altogether. Clinton, in contrast, has argued for vetting of immigrants but working to counter extremist messages or behavior. A core element of her counterterrorism strategy has been to build on pilot programs in four communities 
that offer residents ways to report individuals who could become radicalized or exhibit troubling behavior. In the Elizabeth, New Jersey neighborhood where Rahami lived and worked, such a program might or might not have made a difference. In recent years, for instance, some friends of Rahami's noticed a significant change in his personality and religious devotion after a trip to Afghanistan where he and his relatives are from. But there is no evidence that they alerted anyone